Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark and us, Dave Skull. We'll open up the phone lines here uh, on a Friday while Spencer uh, grabs it uh, very quickly. I did see, and I know that I think that, uh, what, uh, Diener uh, and Baker played it, and I know that uh, Phil, when he was filling in for Bob uh, today, they played Gottlieb and Goodman uh, discussing Kenny Payne and what's gone on here uh, so far this year. Uh, Dave, have you had a chance to hear this? Uh, no, all? I have not, and uh, it would be a it, it would be a naturally a, just a pure reaction on air if you played it. Not well, we're yet. going to. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're we're going to play that. Uh, but look, obviously they are uh, a, just as I think surprised at how things have gone uh, this year. But then also, they don't sound. The national it's so funny like the, the national media response to what's happening with Kenny has been I've seen two responses. There is the broadcast play by play voice that is obvious I think has been kind of unequivocally, you know, in his corner. Yeah. Uh and and, and then there's like sort of just been like uh nerdy college basketball media and there's no nerdier media than basketball nba and college both media who have been i think almost equally negative uh about him do you think that that's an accurate representation of what we've seen so far yeah i think that's fair and i think part of that is a lot of times the uh, the broadcast crews are former players former coaches you know guys like that or studio mm-hmm. guys are usually former coaches people that are naturally sympathetic to uh, to Kenny Payne, and they're usually guys that have known him throughout the years, or at least are familiar with him. Uh, and that tends to be one one corner, and and then the other side is is what you're talking about. I'm kind of curious if we don't see a little bit of a change in the tone of the play by play guys. I don't expect nobody can make Gottlieb and and Goodman and those people sort of change their tunes, but I do wonder if if maybe. The thought was they're struggling early on, but he's a brand-new coach, and people, fans are going to want to hear support for him even if it's not looking great on the floor. And, I, Dave, I think, I think it's pretty fair to say that people, even if you like, are a big believer, people don't really want to hear that on the broadcast anymore. And I do wonder if, if, if we won't hear less of that down the stretch here. I, I think it's going to get through at some point that – the people don't want to hear that. Well, I think that you lose at some point you lose credibility. And I realize that credibility in this type of thing is not that important to play by play and, and color guys, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not like mm-hmm. that's really their main function, you know, as is as, as analysts. That's really not like a broader analyst. I mean not not in game. Um so it's not necessarily that big of a deal, but in general, I think that as the year has gone on, Louisville fans obviously have become less and less patient with things like that or, or like quite frankly I just don't want to hear it when there's nothing to to really grab onto when the season's getting this miserable it's like fine sure you say that he's the right guy whatever like we're just ready for, to move on and get to the next whatever the next step is it's an off season you know turning the roster over whatever it is but I just don't want to 
it's equivalent to the the opposing coaches, you know, patting us on the head. You know what I mean? And and the fact that at this point, nobody really wants to hear anybody who doesn't have a a stake in the program's opinion on the program. You know, and an opinion on the coaching staff. I think everybody, most Louisville fans are kind of done with that at this point. Whether it's an opposing coach, um, somebody who was in the national media and supportive of the hire from day one. They don't really care to know, you know, what their opinion is now. Just really, if you don't have a stake in the program, if you're not here all the time and see everything, nobody really cares locally about it. About I'm, I'm saying about national opinions anymore. Well, and I feel, trust me, I feel for these guys having to to fill when the game has has gotten lopsided like that sure. is not an easy thing uh, to do uh and the texture says this couldn't be that the play-by-play guys uh actually know basketball you guys are a riot now i know they they know basketball and for instance jay williams uh, when he was advocating for kenny was also mixing in a whole lot of kind of player critiques Mm. And, and and coaching and sort of strategy critiques. I would be doing this. I'd like to see them run a play here, you know, that sort of thing. He he was everything. I'm more talking about like what they choose to actually say, not whether they believe it or not. I don't I don't think they sit down and they're like, "All right, guys, who wants to act like they support the coach when they really don't?" I don't think that. I'm not being cynical. I'm saying I think they feel like if it gets lopsided, I think their thinking was they'll want they'll t- this will be received as like encouragement. Right or or you know, reinforcement that that it it's not going to stay like this, and I think fans quickly were like, just talk about the game. Don't just talk about the game. Don't narrate and, anything larger than that. And quite frankly, I think that w- yeah, there's a lot of nerdy basketball you know media types that are kind of on the other side of this Kenny thing. But the thing that they bring to it that most of the people that are just sort of saying take like give him time, it'll take time. They bring a lot of raw numbers and and analytics to it that um, oftentimes the uh, the studio guys are just kind of breezing by the the subject. You know what I mean? Where they're like, yeah. "No, Kenny will get it done. Don't worry, Kenny Payne's the right guy. You just got to give him time." And the analytics guys are like, "No, well, here is exactly how bad this team has been," and that's a lot more like concrete evidence. Regardless of how you feel about Kenny Payne going forward, they're bringing more data driven points. Uh, at the end of the day, like you're not going to catch a guy who's like a basketball nerd just firing off from the hip on Kenny Payne. He's especially if he doesn't have a stake in the Louisville program. If he's coming out strong, like this is usually it's them coming out and saying this is how bad it's been. This hasn't been bad. It's been horrid, and this is exactly how bad it's been. And and this is why I'm skeptical that he can dig out. And I understand that. Yeah. And that's why a lot of times people are. I t- like they tend to to put a little more stock in the opinion of somebody who's coming, even if they're not a former coach, or uh, you know among the uh, you know the uh, the uh, basketball luminaries out there. They tend to fans and people that are are, are reading this stuff tend to gravitate towards the opinions a little bit more, not because they agree with them on the surface, but because they're bringing something of substance yeah. behind that opinion. Whereas most of the people that have supported Kenny Payne are having a tough time bringing anything concrete to the table as reasons why you should support him going forward other than, I know him, I think he's going to do a good job. And that's the tough part right now of this. And that's that's why the other guys are getting a little more attention, I think. At least from the fan base. Uh, so I wanted to play this. This is Gottlieb and Goodman uh, discussing Louisville and Kenny Payne and how the season has gone uh, and, and their relative amounts of surprise at it because of that. Please. All right, we'll, uh, we'll wait uh, for you to get that. As always, uh, we take your viewer go. questions, and we got a good one from Brian Hare. Doug, what would you do if you are the Louisville Athletic Director right now with Kenny Payne? He's just wrap, wrapping up one of the worst seasons ever for first-year head coach. I mean, it, it's a complete train wreck. I would give him another year. Where do you stand with this? I, I think you have to give him another year as an alum, especially, um, because it would it would show a, a real lack of, of loyalty towards him. Um, they they didn't select well in the portal. They didn't get their primary they didn't objective. They select in the portal. Select well. They didn't select in the portal. That was their biggest problem, right? 
You got one guard. Uh, it was a joke. The, the whole the whole thing is crazy, yes, crazy. Um, and then with the team they have, if I'm honest, uh, a good portion of the season they haven't looked well coached. Now he has some good coaches on staff, but they haven't looked well coached. It's not like like well, you know, at least they're running good offense. But like it has so some guys. Hey, Doug, but I think some he, guys are are made to be assistant coaches. Do you think Kenny Payne is one of those guys? Yes. But I do too. But yes, you can hire too. you can hire guys. You can hire guys that can do all the other stuff. Kenny is a great guy. Kenny's a great guy. And many of the aspects many of the aspects of, of college basketball don't come down to X and O's. But there are just some holes there. And like again, um, you know, he went to the NBA for a period of time. He had his ties obviously to World Wide West and just the kind of world has changed in how you get players, but a lot of it also is you got to get them, you got to evaluate them right, and then you got to put them into place. Like the, their structure is is off there. Now he inherited a mess, if we're just being honest as well. That place hasn't been right in a couple of years. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that I there was here's here's the thing with Kenny Payne. There was never there wasn't another job outside of Louisville and maybe Kentucky because he had been there obviously with Cal. Where at a at that level of basketball, and it was like, you know, we should hire Kenny Payne. This hadn't really been discussed. He's not that guy, and that's okay. Um, there's a little bit of Peter principle here, and I think he's been I think he's been elevated to a level above his competency. Now you can change some of the structure of your staff. This is a, a, an era in basketball where you can fix it in the portal, but you better fix it this year because year two is the year they have to be better. Yeah, his staff concerned me too. When he, you know, Danny Manning solid, but you could put him off the road. Josh Jamison, a guy coming from an op spot at Oregon, made no sense. And Nolan Smith is your kind of only guy that could recruit at a high level. All right, lot there. Uh, but any anything specifically jump out at you, uh, primarily out of that, or do you, did you, talk about first? you know, I I I think that. The question, the bottom line question that they asked, that I think we've all kind of been, been, been pondering this whole season is, is Kenny Payne one of those guys that's better as an assistant, you know, his whole life and or whole career, and that's what he was meant to be. And they seem to fall on that that side of it, you know. And and they also had some not so shining words to say about the staff they hired. Um, but I mean, no, it's 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 a pretty brutally honest conversation, but it's kind of an extension of what we've already been talking about. So, the o- the only thing that I bristled at was that conversation about like, is he a career assistant uh, or not? But yeah. Not because of like I think the results are you know have been so good that they shouldn't be saying what they're saying. I think the thing that bothers me about that is that Doug Gottlieb was saying it. Yeah. And and Doug Gottlieb very famously tried to and and I think nearly interviewed for the it campaigned publicly to be the head coach at Oklahoma State, like off the CBS broadcast crew. Right. Well, he wasn't Didn't coaching have any years as an for assistant. anyone. Yeah. So it's just it was an odd conversation. Well, I bristle a lot <laughs> for at him Doug to Gottlieb, be. Period. Oh, well, obviously, but like that—that <laughs> that in particular was like, really, you? I know. I know. I was also, trying to put aside. I was trying to put aside who was saying it. <laughs> the but only one worse than Gottlieb is Clay Travis. Oh God. Saying, uh, you know, tomato, tomato. The 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 other part that I thought was kind of funny is he's like. That place hasn't been right for several years. That's Chris Mack, who now works for Jeff Goodman. Right. <laughs> so I wonder how those – like, I was surprised Jeff didn't say anything. But now that I think about it, I shouldn't be surprised he didn't say anything uh, to that because he probably knows. Yeah. I think that's probably fair. Uh, the whole – I mean, it's 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 a situation that's – you're going to get a lot of broad conversations out of this, and I think that the bottom line at this point, and, and I've, this is kind of where I've been for a while now, is regardless of how I feel about the hire at this point or or Kenny Payne's ability to coach, like I, I, I've been very clear about it, that I, I, I really like Kenny Payne and I hope it works out, but I feel like 
I don't have any indication right now that he's the right guy, so I'm not going to pretend that I do. But the truth is, at this point in the season, I'm like 95% sure that he's going to be here for year two. So like the way I'm looking at it is, what does he have to do to give himself the best chance at a competent team in year two? And quite frankly, it's it's he has to just be gangbusters in the transfer portal, period. There is no excuse for not any excuses that you have this year at not succeeding in the transfer portal are of your own making. And that is, they point at the the style of play from the year before and the fact that we're going to be like a three-win team and say, I don't want to be involved in that. You know, like any limitations you have are of your own making. So he just needs to, to I'm, I, at this point, I am geared toward next year because I just think that it's that's what's going to happen, that he will be back. And I'm looking at the transfer portal saying, the only things he can do are, Land a big 2024 recruit to make people feel good about next year. And that would be a good start. Do incredible work in the transfer portal to set his team up for success next year. Because look, just to talk about the team that we're playing this weekend, Miami, I mean, it's just like every other team we've talked about Pittsburgh, whoever we've played in the ACC that's made either a remarkable turnaround or has maintained success. Because we know Miami made that great run in March last year. They brought back Isaiah Wong. They brought back. Jordan Miller, who was a George Mason transfer, you know, but he, this is his second year in the program. Then they brought in Nigel Pack. Okay, Nigel Pack is a very high-profile transfer from Kansas State, right? We all knew about him. Uh, we remember the the recruitment to Miami. But then they bring in yeah. uh, what, Norchad O'Meara, who played at Arkansas yeah. State, and he's averaging a double-double in ACC play this year. Yeah. You know, and uh, Wooga Poplar. Like these are these are the players we're talking about them them building around. Like it's they brought back two guys, one of which was a previous transfer, and then they brought in two or three trans I think it was two transfers. Nigel Pack and Narchat or Mir are really the only two impacts this year. But that's the the whole point is it doesn't take much to turn over a big portion of your roster. And it's not all the Nigel Packs of the world or the Malachi Smiths or the Tyrese Hunters. Like they they brought in Norchad O'Meara from Arkansas State, who averaged a double double at Arkansas State last year, and he was able to translate that into the ACC and be successful at this level. You need to be able to scout these guys and evaluate talent and, and figure out how their games are going to translate to the next level. It's more than just the top 10 or 20 transfers. you got to be able to, to evaluate the entire portal. And they're, they're, they're not going to have an excuse going into next season. And, and that's how we have to kind of be geared, is, is, is what, are we, what are we looking at going forward? Because the rest of this year, I'm, I've kind of given up on, on reading into anything on this this year's roster, and I feel like Kenny Payne's verbal cues are telling me to stop evaluating this year's roster. You know, because yeah, he's, he's and I man, do I I hate that. Yeah, can I just say that? Like, I don't. The only thing that I really don't like, like out of all the conversations we've had all year, is just the idea that nothing that happens this year matters. I that's bullcrap. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, that's yeah. And I I appreciate the fact that those two guys at least said like, hey. If we take everything into context, like if we the most sympathetic reading of everything that went into the roster as it is right now and, and the staff and everything, they still don't look like they're very well coached. Yeah, which is I, I, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> that is an that is an accurate assessment. Mm-hmm. It is a substantive critique. They don't. And I think that everyone was prepared for any kind of out uh, end result if it was if it just looked like well this is probably the best they could do and no one has that feeling and i really do feel like that's the thing that kenny's got to to own a little bit more but at the same time like for his own sort of security he's really does sort of need to shift or make sure everyone understands like it's not that i don't know what i'm doing no one can do anything with these guys it's such a miserable place to be isn't I it i hate it and, and that's that's been my my issue the whole year and i hate to even get back into the conversation but it's the truth like even if I allow that this entire roster was foisted upon him, and it's and it's a bunch of kids that can't be coached, like they're still not being coached well. Like I, I just think, even if I take everything you say at face value, that they're not talented enough. Like coaches need to be able to get through to uncoachable kids or or, or kids that are that are a little more difficult to work with. You got to be able to figure out a way to communicate with them and make it work. And 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 it's frustrating. And I don't think it's okay that we're we're writing off this year, but that's what. That's what we kind of have to do at this point, and I hate it. Like I, I, my opinions about it are known, though. 
you know, and, and quite frankly, I've got a head coach that are that's telling me that he's. I, I think that this – I don't like the press conference this week because I think there was a lot of things in there that were basically like throwing up your hands, you know, and saying like, well, we're going to get kids that I can coach in here. And it's like, all right, man, whatever. Well, then, but I, I'm, I'm – we can move on to year two if you want to, you know, and, and we can just move on from this season. But I'm telling you, in my book, you're not getting a pass for it. You know, like we can move on if you want to, but this is a failure to me. You know, and, and, and I just uh, – I, I, I don't like the, the white flag mentality and basically his verbal cues are telling me that he's moved on from this from this team. Let's get to Alex in here and if you want to follow Alex you can. Eighty one fifty ninety three nine Alex, welcome into the drive on I think what's up. Hey, what's up guys? One of the hey, things that honestly shocked me the most was when uh, I can't remember which person said it, but said it wasn't competent. You know, like is he competent enough? That's actually the first national person I've ever, like, national media person I've ever heard actually say Kenny Payne possibly might not be competent for the job, um, which that that was, I, I don't know. That that, I, that was something that was disappointing to hear because when you did listen to this week's press conference and he started talking about, you know, being a part of a uh, uh, I think it was. I think he was like for. I don't know if it was for a season or over the summer, but he was with Greg Popovich and uh, just na- naming some like Hall of Fame like type of head coaches, like some one of the some of the best minds in the NBA. Uh, you're just. It's just like, and then he said he worked with uh, the first skills, and he coached like Lou Williams, and KD, and and uh, somebody else was a part of that class too, and it's just like. Man, like it, it's a, it's almost like somebody like tells you like their whole profile, and you're like, this is going to be so perfect. Like this work, like all these, like you have all these names in your contact. They say they can give me good references on you, and you know this person, that person, and then you get there and they show up and they do a poor performance, and you're like, damn, like what what is going on? You know, like what's what's I don't know, man. There, there has to be some kind of a disconnect. I'm definitely not writing off this season as if it's not his fault. Um, but uh, there are things that I have seen the team do better. I think the team has improved. Honestly, I'll be honest, nobody's talking about it. I haven't heard anybody mention it. But the team, even though they're missing shots, they do, when they shoot the ball, they do look better. They do go up. They're not leaning to the side. There, there, is, there is like little stuff that I see that I'm like, okay, well, last year they weren't doing that well, but this year they're doing it better. Um there, there is like little things that I see and little progressions, but the problem is that it's little. It's not like a big, like almost every game I expect. I don't know. I expect just some great performance for them to snap out of this like coma that they're in, supposed to be doing, but it's just not happening. Hmm. And last thing, and I'll and I'll, and I'll say this: uh, if Kenny Payne doesn't work out, um, I think. I think I'm learning that, which everybody knows this, but when you have two Hall of Fame coaches that come to your program and then you go through some of the coaches that, that we've had, it is very, very difficult because you would have never heard Rick Pitino not being able to get through to a player. Right. Like, and, and, I, and I just really think that this is teaching us that good coaching, like Hall of Fame type of coaches that can just – change the game is we were blessed to have it for the for the uh for the years and years that we've had it for and it's and i really hope that we can get back to greatness uh so uh thank you guys i'll listen yeah i appreciate the call it is a jarring lesson uh that it's it's not automatic and there are programs college football college basketball uh, that have lengthy periods of success under coaches that you look at and you're like, man, those guys are, uh, or those ladies are the, the best of the best. And then immediately afterwards, like it's just not a guarantee that you're going to replace them with somebody even close. Uh, and Louisville really in the post Patino era went with an experienced guy and a wildly inexperienced guy and have gotten, Results neither neither of which you know approach Rick Pitino, and it is kind of funny to think about 
it's impossible to imagine Rick Pitino sitting at a press conference like I'm gonna I can't get through to these guys. Like they would just disappear. Like I'm either gonna get through to you or you're gonna get out of here. Yeah. You, you know, well, and, and there there's not there isn't that. A texter said like you just said coaches should be able to coach uncoachable kids. That makes no sense. And I guess I'm telling on myself a little bit when I say that because I realized it as I said it, that I said it. I don't think there's any uncoachable kids. I just don't. I, I, I wholly reject that notion because of what I've seen over the years. You know, I, I feel like if they are uncoachable, like even if there are one or two kids in this team that aren't coachable, young men that aren't coachable, you either move on from them or you find out some way to tap into what what they've got or or you move on like you there was no requirement to keep every one of these kids on the on the roster last year i just well, not I, only that hey not only that dave just to, i'll add to add to what you're saying not only is it they don't have to stay they're captains that's the point yeah like sydney curry's like the the face of everything we're talking about you know like not getting what we expected out of somebody showing up out of shape inexplicably playing the way he's playing and he's a captain like there was no reason for that to happen i just i i i reject the notion that kenny Payne and and chris mack together have assembled the like 11 or 12 most uncoachable kids on in america you know like there might be a couple of bad apples that you haven't figured out how to motivate but like you just cast this pall on the entire roster like none of these kids listen they, they're, they're uncoachable i'm gonna find kids that fit the culture and everything and it's like man i just i have a hard time like i feel like it just removes all responsibility from the coaching staff when you talk about it in those terms and i just i i while i'm willing to put some blame on young men in this situation i am not willing to absolve the coaching staff of any of their responsibility in finding those motivational buttons and getting all these t- these kids on the same team and figuring out what motivates them even everything else aside like it's just it's been a, and that's the one thing i did appreciate about that conversation like you said um a few minutes ago is that they at least acknowledged even if you allow for all the talent deficiencies and everything in the roster construction, they still don't look like they're individually coached very well. I, I think that there are uncoachable players, 100%. There are guys that, that no coach could, could really get to. I agree with that. Those people don't have to play. Like, that's the thing that I think that, that is irritating to me. Like, if, if someone is not responsive to repeated, varied, you know, cajoling, what like every – I've used every manipulative and, and motivational tool I've got and nothing's happening here, then he should be in Siberia on the bench. Like, that, that is the thing that I think it's – there's always one piece – that would make the message consistent that isn't happening. And, and so if these guys are utterly uncoachable and, and the ghost of John Wooden couldn't do better than this, I just I, I think we'd all rather just watch walk-ons than this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand what the not only the compulsion to play them, but to put them in, in captaincy and stuff like that. Like that's, that's why the messaging isn't, doesn't make sense to me. And we've talked about this all year. Like, I, it, it didn't make sense that the biggest disappointment or one of the biggest disappointments is is a captain, and he continues to be played even though you say yourself he's out of shape. It just doesn't – none of it makes sense together. And and it, that's that's it. I just – I refuse to believe that these are like the 11 most uncomfortable people in the country. And, yeah, I realize that multiple coaching staffs have failed on this, but they look better under Pagese. Most of the time he was here than they do under under Kenny, you know. I just and I've seen better out of Jalen Withers his freshman year. So I I don't know. The whole thing is Jalen Withers is is passable. He is passable. I think mo- most of our disappointment with him comes from his inconsistency. Let's get to Bob in here really quickly before we take a quick break here. Bob, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive. What's on your mind, bud? Hey, thank you, guys. Hey, just going off of what you guys were talking about is and and what Kenny Payne was was saying in the in the last couple of uh, interviews 
about the kids being uncoachable. Uh, you know, that's what Mack had said, too. Uh, yeah. But if, if you have that kind of player, then, um, then it makes it more paramount that you go out and you get some top-notch players from the transfer portal that are yours, uh, your guys that you brought in, and and see how you do. Because if they are uncoachable, then then you don't have any excuse if you if you bring in your guys. If you bring in your guys and you still stink, then guess what? It's coaching. And then the other thing um, about this team, I will say, is that the leadership must be horrible. I mean, you see Curry. Uh, he's he's not doing anything other than eating a bunch of pizzas, it looks like. Um, but, not that there's anything wrong with that. I, I eat a lot well, of pizza. No. <laughs> We're kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Believe me, I've eaten my share of pizzas. Um, <laughs> the other thing, though, is you've never heard when, – when teams are bad or, play, or not playing well, you have uh, the captains uh, having team meetings. Uh, outside of the coaching staff to bring things up. I mean, they did it last year uh, when they before they went to uh, Hawaii or, or to a tournament, and then they won. They beat a couple of teams, and they looked good. But I'm not hearing anything this year about any team meetings or, or what. It's like I, just, I think this team is just tanked and, and – you need an infusion of talent, um, and um, you know that—that's what's going to, you know, live or die with Kenny Payne and his uh, his coaching tenure at Louisville. So I wish him luck. Well, yep, thank I you guys. Yeah, Your thoughts. Appreciate the call. Yeah, appreciate. It. Thank you uh, very much. You know, I think in retrospect. Uh, if nothing else, I think Kenny probably should have erred in a different direction uh, in terms of assistant coaches. It's an extremely inexperienced staff for what they were going to be tasked with right off the bat. You know, Nolan is very young, and I think everyone agrees like his primary uh, strength is, is is in recruiting and, and that sort of thing. And then Josh Jameson hasn't coached at all, and you have a complete and total rebuild with a head coach who's never been a head coach. Like, it was – I could understand. I'm not saying it's okay, but like you could, if I told you that like these players have a hard time kind of believing, you you could at least understand where it's coming from. I'm not saying it's okay, but you understand like maybe how that that happens. And they're a big part of it. Like they're a big part of the problem, no question. Uh, but I just feel like I think everyone would really be more sympathetic to the idea that like this is just like an incorrigible group. Than if if it looked like he was fighting them more, and I do think it's fascinating that I, none of us have brought up up to this point at least, we have not heard about a players only meeting. No, we haven't. Which you almost always hear prematurely, quite frankly. Yeah, right, like, and we had it during like, the football season. You're like, you we're already doing pre, uh, players only meetings. You know, yeah. and, and you're like, oh god, what are we doing? We haven't heard about that, but that's sort of consistent with what we've talked about with this team, which is they don't talk to each other at all. Yeah. So like that the precursor for a players only meeting is that they cared enough to, to do that. I mean, I don't I don't know. The the whole this is why I'm almost I like preface this entire segment with I mean, Kenny's moved on to next year, I think I have too. You know, because we have the same what choice com- do you have? Exactly, because we have the same conversations over and over again where we're parsing language and everything where it's like, look, my bottom line has been the same bottom line for weeks because nothing's changed, and that's they're not talented enough, but they're more talented than they've been shown. You know, the the coaching staff bears more responsibility than the most ardent Kenny Payne supporters are are willing to give. And at this point, it's going to be a clean slate going into the transfer portal, and there's no excuse for next year. Like that's all we can really do at this point because that's where we've been led. Like I just don't think that he's, they're they're doing anything with this team at this point. Like it just they they verbally moved on to next year. I, I but I just I wholly reject almost every uh, storyline that has been constructed to try to absolve the coaching staff of all responsibility. 
even the most like I, sympathetic readings, I don't see how you do that. A couple of texts in uh, really quickly. You guys are already setting unattainable standards. There are kids out that don't work. Uh, kids out there that don't work out, i.e., they're not coachable. I never heard Rick failed those kids. Example, Derek character. No, that's right. But that that's true. We didn't say that Rick failed those kids because Rick had like an ocean of results that very clearly established. I know what I'm doing. If it's not working for you, you are the variable that is the problem, not me who has made this work every freaking where I've ever been. But also, what was the first thing he did with Derek Character? He sat him until he got in shape, you know, yeah. like, and then. Once he was on the court, then all of a sudden he was off the court because he broke curfew. You know, like there were several different instances of Patino trying to instill discipline in Derek character and it not taking. He didn't work out here, but there was like a public, you know, standard set for Derek character that he didn't make. He didn't attain on several different situations and eventually he was dismissed from the team. But like he was given chances and public standards where it was with like a Sidney Curry, he's just like uh, he showed up out of shape, but he's on the court anyway. You know what I mean? Like that's the difference. Uh, Sidney Curry is a captain. And he's a captain. And he's taught and, and, and the head coach is saying he's fighting conditioning. Like that's that's <sighs> the, the the incongruent messaging that, that cuts at the heart of this. And like I agree there are guys who are not coachable. But you know, when when players don't respond, you're you are witnessing right now with the other basketball team what we're used to seeing, which is of course there are teams that have knuckleheads on them. The 2009 team was extremely talented. They drove Rick nuts. Uh, there are always knuckleheads, but like what you get is Rick Pitino standing up at a podium and saying Shaquan Aaron is not a Louisville man. Remember that? I do remember. And then that. you know how much Shaquan Aaron played? None. At all. Like that's and when I mentioned the women's basketball team, they lose to Wake Forest. Jeff Wall sits down with Nick Curran is like they don't listen to a damn thing I say and they don't defend anybody and I'm sick of it. And then the whole starting five is different in the next game. And they start sitting Haley Van Lith for quarters at a time. Uh, after that, both for her and for them. Yeah. Saying that they're an incorrigible group who doesn't listen is fine. We know what basketball's like. I can still remember Calipari standing up directly in Ryan Harrow's face and saying, or Archie, it was Archie Goodwin, I think it was, I can't coach you. Yeah. Like, in a game, saying that. And look, well, I'm, he, I'm not... He left. I'm not sitting here, when I, when I reject the uncoachable narrative, I'm not telling you that there's... Not any kids that are that are like way more difficult than others. I've acknowledged that. There's tons of players that are more difficult to coach than others. And some of them, it never works out. But I don't get the impression from what we've seen publicly that Kenny Payne tried everything with all these kids before throwing up his hands and saying they're uncoachable. Does that is that fair? Because yeah. we haven't we we didn't not only did we not see Sidney Curry get sat, he didn't get the captaincy stripped from him. There was nothing done to to uh, and we saw Rick do that to Montrez Harrell. To Montrez Harrell, we saw him do it to, uh, to the kid brought up or the the texture brought up Derek Character. There's plenty of players that have in Ellis Miles, players that have had to sit until they hit a certain body fat percentage. He was never shy about it. And I'm not going zero to Rick Pitino, but before you throw up your hands and say these kids are uncoachable, I'm only going to get the kind of kids that I can coach going forward. I need some kind of evidence that there were any consequences whatsoever to Sidney Curry's actions. Well, I kind of at this right, point, I, at any point, I kind of feel like saying to 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 Kenny, like they don't love you. <laughs> Start Okorafor in the next game, please. Do it for us. I do it for him. I, right? You do himself a favor if he went with the the tryhard that's that's, that's got. Message. I mean, yeah, I just. And this is what this conversation gets old, and people like start to parse language and stuff. It's like, no, you're right. There probably are uncoachable kids, but I don't believe that he's done everything. He hasn't used every tool in his bag before he threw up his hands and called them uncoachable. That's what I'm saying. Like the messaging and the actions don't seem to match each other. You need to throw 
the kitchen sink at a roster before you start. I mean, essentially calling out their families. That you know, that's the thing. Like, I do wish one thing that I think would have made it better this year, even if the results, you know, the end result and record and everything didn't turn out to be a whole lot better. I, I think the big mistake Kenny's going to make is that we're going to get to the end of the year and not feel like, well, you, they did everything they knew how to do. They kind of just did the same thing all year. Right. And then it got to the end. It's like, well, we've tried nothing and it's not working. It's like, come on, guys. Like, it, let's we, we could at least have the feeling of kind of going down swinging uh, with this. Let's get uh, Tim in here before we take a break here. Tim, welcome into the drive. And I think what's up, buddy. What's going on, fellas? So I can't remember, but how long did Carlos Hurt make it under Rick Pitino? Did he make it through? This is one season, right? I think I think yeah, it was one whole bender, year. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So see, I mean, he was a huge recruit for us, and Rick Rick didn't put up with this crap, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and Shaquan and Aaron was a McDonald's All American, and Rick Pitino's like yeah, literally he exactly. doesn't belong so, here. <laughs> and, and to your point about so Kenny said the other night, you know, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I just don't agree with you. He's like you got to coach out of love, not out of fear. You know, fear is not like fear for your safety. Fear can be like fear of sitting on the bench, right? That's what I'm saying. Fear yeah. Of not being able to play, and so you guys, you were talking a minute ago about next year's roster, and <clears throat> how many guys on the team this year? When you think about all these guys that aren't playing hard and aren't buying in, I would say L. Ellis is buying in. Wouldn't you agree? I would say L. Ellis, and I would uh, say kind like, of to, to an extent trainer maybe. At least I feel like those two guys. Mike play James. Hard Mike James. When they're on- Right? Withers and Curry. Everybody else. I think we're losing Tim. Oh, there. man. Tim, call us back, buddy. Call us uh, back. Yeah, the line seems yeah, to be dropping. We lost you there. We need to go ahead and take a break anyway. We haven't done so in this hour. So let's do that. Tim, give us a call back here. But it's also, Dave, we haven't done something, guys. Do you want to wait until 5 o'clock? We can do it at 5 o'clock hour. That way we can kind of yeah. Yeah. let people finish more time. this conversation. Yeah. All right. We'll take a quick break. Tim, call back. If you want to follow Tim, you can. Now's the time, 8150-939. I'm the driver, Nathan Neville. Be right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. Phone lines, they are open here, 8150-939. We'll get back to Tim. Hey, uh, Tim's back. In just a second. Yeah, we'll get back hey. to him in uh, in just a, a second here. One, the maybe the only nice thing about the year being like it has been so far, and the what you and I agree is sort of seems like is like the coalescing of like okay everyone in the coaching staff is like sounding the alarm now we're moving on here uh, past this year. It's it's a little bit of a well it's a it's a big gamble by Kenny to to basically just sort of push this all off on them. I suppose, or the vast majority of it off on them. I don't think he's ever said it's all on them. But he sets up a situation where he leaves himself no room to really keep almost anybody off this team. And two, he's on the hook for everything that happens next year. Like, if you have a massive roster turnover, well, then, buddy, next year, it better look exactly like you say it should look. And you get all the credit if it goes great, but it's all on you. If, it, if, if, if there's eight new players on this team next year and they're like 14 and 19, he's getting fired. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it should be that way. Yeah, and like I'm, 
there are no excuses for for in the transfer portal and, and, and turning over the roster and, and roster construction. Those those excuses aren't really there this off season. Well, you know, hold on, back up. like not even like you can say it even nicer than that. Like the if if those things that you're talking about really are the reasons that it's like it is right now, mm-hmm. they're not here anymore. Yeah. And so t- if if your explanation for why things have been the way that they are is true, it should look a whole lot different immediately. And you're just talking about well, well in no uncertain terms, the character of the players. Well, or just like success in the portal because of the quote unquote cloud, all that stuff. Everything, yeah. All that just as a whole, you bring now. it all together. Yes. Like you, you have an entire off season to purge your roster of these players that you're talking about that aren't the right type of players and aren't coachable, et cetera. And you also have an entire off season to to go shopping in the portal with no cloud and a satchel of nil money. Satchel. A satchel. Yeah. You, Indiana Jones. I do not have a satchel cool. reference on this show coming in. A satchel. Yeah. Let's get to Tim in here. Tim, thanks for calling back, buddy. Welcome into the drive. What's up? My bad, fellas. I was just uh, channeling my inner plumber Chuck there. So, I don't know what <laughs> so here's Fair the enough. deal. Like, I guess what I was saying was the majority of the guys on this team, you know, <clears throat> didn't play last year or they sat the bench because they were hurt or whatever. And so, if he gets rid of everybody, then that's an admission. He brought in the wrong guys this year. And that's on him. So I don't. I'm not convinced that he's going to get rid of the whole roster. I still think the guys that he brought in, even Ree and, and Fabio and all. I don't see those guys. Maybe, maybe they do leave. But if they stay, if he keeps four or five guys off this roster, we've already got three or four guys coming in for next year who are decent. But the Jugo guys probably a project. Okorafor is still a project. If he gets Okorafor's teammate, you got to think he's probably somewhat of a project. Well, then you're up to eight or nine guys. you got three or four spots left to try to make this team something better next year out of the portal. And that just – it seems like it's going to be a lot of the same. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. But, you know, he he said in his, in his call the other night, he's like, you know, I, I, Perv, Perv didn't want me to come here. I was the VP of whatever in the NBA, coaches yeah. association. I was making all this money. And it's almost like he's like, y'all better be glad I'm here. I just – I don't know. It was just – it just struck me weird. So oh, I'm with you on that. Run, I don't see him running off the whole the whole roster. I think he's only gonna have three or four spots, so he better he better crush it. But I don't know. We don't need. I don't even know what would be said in a team only meeting. That would be uh, <laughs> just don't lose. I don't know what you say. So anyway, take care, fellas. Appreciate uh, the call there. I mean, look, I don't know how much change there will be, but this what you're talking about here is. What I think is is going to be like a sneaky challenge for Kenny. It's one of the reasons I've I've tried to like call attention to what happened at Pitt this year, and I think you can include maybe Wake Forest last year as well. Then not only does Kenny need to sort of nail it in the portal, he's nailing it in the portal isn't always obvious the day that person signs. Like Alondis Williams, no one no one at Oklahoma was like, how are we going to survive the loss of Alondis Williams? Nobody thought that. But then he goes to Wake Forest, and no one was like, that's the ACC player of the year we just signed. No one thought that. And no one at Pitt thought that some of the guys that that they brought in would make them anywhere close to as good as they've turned out to be. And that, I think, will be a real challenge for Kenny. Like, I think he's going to pick his people. And surely some of these guys that come in via the portal are going to be guys that he believes in that don't just like set the internet on fire, right? And, and he's gonna like, he, but he's gonna believe in them, and it's gonna be a long time between the time that they sign and we actually get to see them play and have any idea if they're really going to help or not. And it's like it's like he's gambling on something that we're like a full year away from. Yeah, and that's he can do that. He can take guys that aren't as apparent. I want him a parent to. takes that's totally fine, but somebody has to work out next year. You know, he doesn't have a whole season of of what ifs and wait till next year's left in him. Well, and they can't, and they they can't all be the guy I'm talking about. Yes, you know, like there's there definitely has to be bona fides, and then if you want to supplement with the guys that you feel like you can maybe be situational with. Or guys who are projects. I did what I think the interesting that Tim said, like the Karan Davis, the Juco kid, he's a project. I'm not 
really a big fan of like I'm gonna take this JUCO kid who can't help. <laughs> that, like, yeah, freshman or projects, JUCOs help me right now. That's that's the thing. Like the problem with right now, just from an uh, just a third person, just step back and and try to to be objective as possible about next year's roster is the problem he's not starting with the bona fides with next year's roster he started with two more of his guys you know what i mean of, of possible who would maybe be seen as projects on a normal year with a core four and Coron davis he started with those two and obviously we have caleb glenn and curtis williams are coming in as well which are they're both nice players and they should probably be able to help next year but as far as the trans that's why when we talk about the transfer portal I agree with the caller. Um, was it Tim? I think that was, that was his name, right? That was uh, Tim. I've, we've spoken about this a few times where the turnover may not be as drastic on the surface, but we're looking at, like, if, if the players that stayed last, like, if the players he brought in this year stay and all of the newcomers next year, you add those together, it's already like seven or eight roster spots taken. So we've got five left, and that's if nobody else stays, you know, from the roster. And that I, I find that hard to believe. But if we get rid of like three or four dudes, you can bring in three or four top level transfers. And even if they're not top level transfers, they need to be impact transfers. That doesn't necessarily mean top twenty five or top fifty. They need those are guys that are rotation players, effective. You know what you're going to get right away out of those guys. No, I, I. I think that it's reasonable to say like the ex- the improvement has to be profound starting with who you get in the portal. Like we if it was the cloud and it was whatever last year, it's all gone and you have an ocean of playing time to offer and this is freaking Louisville. And not only like this is freaking Louisville who has a great track record with transfers who come right in help themselves and help the team like this is this should be automatic and we're in the nil era get some dudes that is like the number one reason you were hired get some dudes where i'm not doing a summer of talking you into believing that somebody from like sonoma state is some is is gonna lead them to the promised land like that's not how this works but if there's gonna be that guy in there there needs to be the bonafide guys too yeah, it's time. It's uh, it, it is time for something gas right. We need to do this. You, you can get one big works. name and get a couple of other guys that are proven at whatever level they played at last year. I mean, it's time for something gas back. We got to do this. So if you want to get in, now is the time. Eighty-one fifty-nine three nine. We'll play on the other side here on a Friday. On the drive on Thunderville. Be right back.